How now, brown cow? The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. Unique New York. The human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, God bless America. I'm Kent Garrison. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Matt about... Movies! Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy! It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to movie podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We discuss movie news, we discuss movie rumors, we discuss movie rumblings, and then we break down our given movie of the week. Make sure you stick around for the end of the show so you can hear our weekly recommends. Also, make sure you follow each of us on Twitter. Email the show at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com or visit the website madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Kent, this week's movie of the week is... The latest telling of the JFK assassination, Parkland. Good morning, everyone. This is Norwood McClendon reporting. Fort Worth temperature 56 degrees, Dallas 55. Nice day for a motorcade. President and Mrs. Kennedy arrived in Fort Worth from Houston. Early lunch today. I want everybody downstairs to see the present. Now they've turned on to Elm Street. Oh, there he is! So I don't know if you've listened to this podcast for any number of episodes. You've probably caught on to the fact that uh, us three are based uh, here in Dallas, Texas. It's where we record out of, live, and work. And uh, most of us grew up here in Dallas. I believe you did, Richard, right? Yeah, I did. did I, uh, uh, since I was like three or four, so sure. Okay. So it's inevitable, really, on this week that we've kind of been bombarded around here in the local media and, and everything due to the 50th anniversary of JFK's assassination, which occurred here in 1963 in downtown Dallas. Um, it's, a, it's just a crazy um, thing to be... I guess, associated with living here and uh, hearing so much about it and being around uh, the place where the events took place and all that. It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so this movie, Parkland, came out this year, 2013. It was, it was a very limited release, mm-hmm. uh, so we weren't able to, to screen it while it was in the theaters. But as soon as it came out on, um, on demand and on video, it was one that we had circled and wanted to eventually – uh, go over due to the, the actors involved and the subject matter and us being here in Dallas. And it just so happens that uh, about 24 hours from now is actually the 50th anniversary of the event. So mm-hmm. crazy timing. And uh, it'll be good to talk about uh, talk about all that occurred that day and everything in the past 50 years that's uh, come out because of it. So it'll be good uh, to talk about. And um, Absolutely. I wanted to mention first off the bat, before we get started, uh, Brian Gill is absent, as you probably have noticed if you're tuning in because you're a Brian Gill fan. He is, I think, working on his remake of Daddy Daycare starring Eddie Murphy <laughs> and Jeff Garland. Uh-huh. So wish him luck with that in his initial research. But, uh, Brian, we miss you, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, um, well, you are you are missed, my friend. And uh, it's always good. It's good to have Brian on the show. So give him a shout-out on Twitter. Let, us, let him know you're thinking about him in his... Temporary absence, but keep a lookout for that uh, Daddy Daycare remake. I guess before we get into Parkland JFK talk, let's at least talk a little bit of movie news, rumors, rumblings. Movie news. Yes! Rumors and rumblings. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin! Richard, mm. you know last week was our 50th episode on this journey we like to call, we like to call Mad About Movies. I just wanted to kind of get your, gauge your thoughts on on what we've done so far. How has this journey, these 50 movies that we've reviewed and TV shows and and best of episodes and, and rants and raves and everything in between, how has this movie experience so far for you shaped or changed your opinion on the world of cinema? Uh, I know that's kind of a vague, vague question, but where do you feel... The, are, do you feel good about the way movies are... are coming out and progressing uh has this year depressed you uh uh-huh. sort of give me your your thoughts uh on this my state of, of the union on, on the first yeah on the first, uh, 50, on the episodes. first 50 episodes I, you know this movie uh, this this podcast for me has given me a uh 
uh, not an incentive, a reason to see uh, a lot of movies that I probably, uh, not that I wasn't interested in them, but w- wouldn't have seen, right? You know, you know, you have to record and somewhat be educated on, on something you would like to, to watch the movie. So I, I think for me, it's enlightened me because I've probably seen more. I've seen 50 movies this year, which is probably more than I've seen uh, any, any, a year, at any year recently. At least 50. At least 50. 50 not including the movies you watched on your own. Right. Will. And, and, and so, and, and, and Brian and you are, Brian sees everything and you see more than I do. So that's, you know, I, I am probably the least, uh, the least ex, ex I probably have the least expertise, uh, of the three of us. I say this, uh, talking about the world of cinema, talking about, as it depresses me, I have a TV going in front of me on mute and, uh, there is a Medea Christmas add on. So I am while discussing of this. Oh, the uh, inevitable Medea Christmas movie. I am, uh, w- while discussing this, uh, you know, I am now depressed at the state of, of cinema. But no, I think it's been a, it's, it's been, certainly been an interesting year. Uh, certainly a, a great awards season so far, and, and cont- it looks to get only better. Uh, the summer, I think, was a little depressing just because it was a lot of very formulaic movies, and we discussed that. So, I mean, I won't, I won't opine on that any further. But. Uh, no, I think it's been really funny. I mean, I, I we try to be funny on this show, and I will continue and, and resume in doing so the last uh, here shortly. But uh, Ken, I really enjoyed doing the show and talking about these movies with you. And uh, it makes me, you know, now I watch movies and I have a notepad and I take notes and I try to think about them in a sort, sure. sort of critical way that I I probably have got out of practice of doing. I do that a lot with books, and now I've translated that over. So that's that's fun. And and what about you? How has it changed? Have you as your opinion on things? You know, it, it really – I don't think my, my opinions on what's good and bad have changed at all because I, I think those are, are things that you keep your whole life, you know. I think if, if you think a movie is bad when you're eight years old, you're probably still going to think it's bad when you're 20 even mm-hmm. even though, you know, I think just that's human nature and people stick to their to their ways in that in that aspect. But it, it hasn't depressed me. I mean this year was was – Probably the, one of the more predictable years that we've that we've had. Um, as far as we knew, you know, which blockbusters were going to be the biggest, which ones were going to turn heads, which ones weren't going to turn heads, which mm-hmm. ones are going to be flops. I mean, we've we've if you if you've kept up with all fifty episodes, which some of you obviously obviously have, obviously you, uh, the numbers say so. Um, <laughs> you you know that you know we're very honest on this show. And and I think um, that's the main thing we are. My goal is with this show is just to be honest about it. You know, uh, there are movies that I admit that I wanted to like and I wish were better. Uh, one of them is the worst movie I maybe I've ever seen called Now You See Me. I have to mention it every episode. Don't see it. Um, but as far as predictability, I mean, we. I, I, I on the website I, I released a list in August. I think beginning of August. Uh, of the movies I thought were going to be Best Picture nominees. And uh, we've had a chance to see almost half of those or more. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I'm confident that the ones that I've mentioned, other than The Counselor, which who could have seen yeah. that coming? Yeah. Um, all of them are going to be nominated. Like it, On the list I'm looking at, Gravity, Captain Phillips, uh, 12 Years a Slave, and Mud. Those are the ones on the list that I've seen. And I'm confident that all of those are going to get at least a, no- a nomination. So I mean, it's and I judge that that list basically on just the trailer. I hadn't seen any of those movies when when I made the list. So it's been a predictable year, you know. I think there are some favorites that I've circled that I think are going to end up pulling it out at the end. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about that next week when we review our next movie. But as far as this journey, man, it has just been a blast to to think of these movies in this way. You know, I, I'm the mm-hmm. same way. You know, I like movies and I've always enjoyed it, but until this year, I've never really put an effort to think about them in an educational way. You know, kind of stretch my mind when I see these movies, look at them from a different perspective, and also talk about them with people uh, that can talk about them in an intelligent yeah. manner. You know, sure. I think that's that's the most important thing is that. You know, us three as friends come on here and we do this show and we enjoy it and we and we love the interaction that we that we receive because of it and the notoriety. But we do it because it makes us 
it makes me, I feel a better person to, to do these and to talk about emotionally how I felt about it. You know, it's sort of a, a venting process, you know, it's sort of our, this is one our, other than our radio show we do, Richard, this is our, one of our only shots to talk to the world, you know, yeah. to talk about what's going on. And, and I think we've done a good job mixing, you know, pop culture aspects with, with movies. You know, we try to talk about movies but things everything involved in movie making the movie business you know tv tv actors directors mm -hmm. and and anything that affects uh the movie world we we like to discuss so it hasn't depressed me this year uh it hasn't encouraged me either this has just been a very typical movie year you know i mm -hmm. think next year we're probably going to be up for some surprises and some bad bad movies uh, bridging right. the gap between this this year and 2015 which is going to be the the best year ever to do a movie podcast. I'm pretty it's sure gonna be fun. it's going to be awesome. Certainly. But, so this has been awesome and I can't wait for the next uh, 50 episodes. This is hey, 50 more episodes. Mm -hmm. We might actually pull out 50 before the end of this year. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. Uh, we might get man, to a hundred by, uh, by new year's. It's been, I, no, we've got that. No joke. We have, there are a few weeks in, in December where we're, we're going to be pulling, pushing out three or four episodes a week. So sure, man, it's going to be nuts and awesome. And it's such a great, movie experience so yeah download all these episodes keep them on a hard drive you know it's one For of the posterity. things that i love about about movie podcasts is you know you can watch the dark knight rises or whatever 10 years from now and go back and listen to a podcast about it and it's still you're still going to enjoy enjoy listening to it so uh appreciate all the support we've gotten so far i just wanted to say that to to you if you're listening uh, thank you for listening and um downloading our episodes because this has been more successful than I had anticipated in year one, especially through 50 episodes. So awesome. And thank you guys for, for all that. And we'll, we'll do our best to keep pushing out uh, good content. So that's my little soapbox speech for now. Uh, so let's get into it, Richard. Let's talk a little movie news. Hey, Richard, anything you want to mention right off the, right off the top here? I know it's kind of a, not not a huge week for movie news. Right. No, there's but. some good stuff. Um, I mean, I have to pull away from just wanting to talk about Rob Ford the whole time. Greatest politician ever. <laughs> okay, over uh, under. <laughs> we can talk about this. This is okay. sort of relevant. Over under on the amount of years until we get a Rob Ford biopic. Biopic. <laughs> something, I know. something in a theater re relating to this story. This is like, too good to be true. Only if like, Todd Phillips makes it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like old school. <laughs> yeah. I would watch that. Um well let's see. We've got uh, I know you and I were going over some stuff. We've got some some comic book news. We try to we know comic book fans are a big portion of our uh of our listenership. Uh I know that David Esquire is talking about this kind of the Sandman movie based on the on the game and comics. Okay. Um let's let's and, stop right there. Stop. Okay. So David Esquire as mm -hmm. in Dark Knight and yes. Superman, or Man of Steel, yeah. I should say. Yes. Writer, producer. Mm -hmm. And Blade. Oh, don't forget about Blade. <laughs> How can you? You can't. I like Blade, man. So do I. I like, why haven't, why aren't they, why, why haven't they tried to, to reinvigorate I, Blade? I, I think they're I, going I to. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think they actually may because there's a similar type contract as Marvel has with X-Men and Fox where if they don't make one, then those rights go back over yeah. to Marvel. So I wouldn't be surprised. No, Marvel really got the rights. But okay. I doubt – like does it make sense to you for Blade to come out in this immediate uh, phase in Marvel's – I don't see him fitting into Iron Yeah, Man but or, you can do a separate universe movie. I, how yeah. do you not get Idris to be a new Blade? Ooh. Of course, he's already in Thor. Great but call. I would watch the crap out of that in an independent universe. I, w I was pulling for Diesel as Blade. Oh, that's true too. But that's true too. Diesel is already in another another Marvel movie. But so I don't is know if we've Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we've confirmed or talked about it on here. I think we have. You know, Diesel is playing Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy. He only he's only doing voice and mocap for it, but he only has one line in the movie, which is "I am Groot," which he says multiple times, I guess, in different inflections. But that's his only line in, in Guardians. Oh, really? So, yeah. 
Well, that's the way it was in the, is in the comics, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, he, all he says is, I am Groot, and fights, and he's a fighting tree, basically. So it's going to be crazy to see how they... The funniest pull. thing about Guardians of the Galaxy is... is like, I, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I love Marvel, but, like, really having serious discussions about it out of context, it literally sounds like the worst movie ever made. <laughs> it does. Like, he only has one line, and he's a fighting tree, and you're just like, what? And he's stoked about it. Like, he's legit, yeah. like, pumped yeah. up. Yeah! I am Groot! Uh, but it is going to be interesting, and this is a movie that we've talked about at length on this show, probably more than any other movie besides Star Wars, Star Wars 7. So, yeah, Rupert. this is, like, I agree, though. It's risky, and don't, uh, I'm not going to be surprised next August if we review it and it's a train wreck. Like, it's easily the most risky it's movie that Marvel's ever yeah, done. definitely, yeah, high concept, for sure. Yeah. So, back to Goyer. Um, so he's, is he writing, has he written a Sandman movie or he's just planning the idea, I guess, with the studio? Uh, yeah, it looks like he, there's a lot of Joseph Gordon-Levitt rumors. Oh, uh, I, of course. Yeah, as, as with any movie that gets made. Yeah. Uh, I heard they're, <laughs> they're doing, uh, a Malcolm X bio and, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, <laughs> um, but, uh. Yeah, it, it's it's apparently uh, it might have something to do with Justice League at a certain point. I mean, it, it's all those, those those usual comic book nerds were or talk, well, just Freudian. Uh, one of uh, one of those comic book rumors where where things just every possible thing that could be that could happen with the movie is is automatically leaked. Like it's going to be part of. You know, uh, Justice League and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be the lead, and uh, we're going to get Steven Spielberg to direct. You know, let's let's yeah. see how it settles down, and it eventually is like, uh, well, it's Ashton Kutcher, and uh, we got Uwe Boll to direct, and it's not. You know, it's, it's always wildly disappointed. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not. I it's so the most risky thing with these these movies is that you're you're bringing is I'm, I'm guessing it's a DC character. Sandman, mm-hmm. right? Okay. He is. Is your bringing with a character like Sandman and Ant-Man for Marvel uh, and maybe a possible Doctor Strange, is you're trying to bring a non-familiar uh, name mm-hmm. and make it a familiar name, you know? Sure. Like, I, I would how, say, many, I, how many I, Sandman I, fans are there out there, you know? I certainly knew Iron Man, the character, but it was not like a, in the for non-comic book world, like a... a a character like Batman where you knew everything about him. I, I think they even be, kind of I knew did it because before. it was a song by Black Sabbath. Yeah, but That's I mean they kind of the did only that. reason I had heard of the word Iron Man. Yeah. So I mean that you can do that. I mean it's certainly there's precedent for that. It doesn't have to be, you know, Batman, sure. Superman. That's true. I, mean, I think I even knew Aquaman more than more than Iron Man. Yeah. And Aquaman's the worst. Like yeah, that, but that's what's surprising is that it's it's surprising that they would they would want a Sandman movie before they would do a Flash or Aquaman, or, I mean, there's just such a huge canon of characters that Sandman, it it just seems so random, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I doubt he does this, because why would he, you know? Uh, yeah. But it, it's, I don't I don't know how much I, I trust Goyer after what he said about Man of Steel. How, you know, he wrote Man of Steel, and... and Credit to him, it's not everything wrong with, with Man of Steel was his fault. Mm. But the way he pumped it up before the, it came out is what kind of made me angry. Like yeah. He was like, oh, this is as good as anything Christopher did when I was involved. And I, I'm so stoked to have my name attached to this film and everything. And I, I tried to watch Man of Steel again. I haven't gotten through it yet Yeah, uh, it's another time. Tough. It's just – it's rough, man. Um, and in retrospect, it's a lot rougher than I initially gave it, mm-hmm. gave it credit for, but you know, you, you, there's always the dark Knight factor where, especially if no one's involved at all, which I doubt because he's got so much on his, on his plate, but there's always the dark Knight factor where Goyer, I mean, Goyer and John Nolan wrote the dark Knight. you know, they yeah. came up with all that, the story arc and characters and, I mean that's pretty amazing work that they did on that. Absolutely. So you got to give them the benefit of the doubt here a little bit. But my only hesitation with this is that Sandman. Who the heck cares about Sandman? Uh, yeah, I mean those game. It. I know those those Neil Gaiman comics are really highly regarded. 
Oh, um, sure. And I love Neil Gaiman. So, I mean, if you could really get a lot of his involvement. Um, I mean, even in, I, yeah, even in the I nerd think, world, though, it's not like you go to Comic-Con comic and you see a bunch of Sandman cosplay. You know, it's like not even in – it's just such a random a random thing to make a movie for, especially yeah. starring arguably the biggest actor his age right now, J- JGL. It's just – I, I bet they. I bet it gets made, but not with a marquee name. I bet they're going to yeah. pull a Dane DeHaan or something, mm-hmm. you know, who is um, was in Chronicle and other movies like that. Place Beyond the Pines. If you know who he is, I could see him doing this. I can yeah, see I could JGL see him. doing. No, I could no. see uh, what's his name from. Uh, um, Making an idiot out of myself here. The South African guy from uh, Charlton Copley. Yeah, yeah, from District Nine. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that too, but uh, we'll have to see. That's that's some interesting uh, Marvel news is always exciting. So, man, cross your fingers on that one because our Marvel two Marvel movies we've done on this show, Thor: The Dark World and Iron Man Three, didn't really impress us too much. I don't yeah, think so. This, this Marvel two point they got to make is... up some stuff, man. Hopefully, Avengers: Age of Ultron or Avengers Two, yeah, as it's also known, better blow my mind. That's all I gotta say. This better be building up to something. Captain America better give us a little something, something. <laughs> yeah, it really should, hopefully. So, um, let's see what else. Oh, a big trailer debuted last week. I sent you guys the the link for it, I think, right when it when it came out. I know Brian watched it. Richard, did you watch the Noah trailer? I did. Uh, so, give us your initial um, uh, feelings, yeah, I, mean- I guess. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of something unique I can say on this. I'm I'm excited. I I was excited before the trailer. Um, it's certainly an ambitious project. Uh, visually, it looks like all the effects aren't quite done, and they still look pretty good already. Um, Russell Crowe seems to have kind of rediscovered his fastball. Um, I actually really liked him in Man of Steel. Uh, it's, it's kind of a wasted... Um, I always refer to this. Remember that awful um, Bewitched movie with Nicole Kidman? <laughs> and Will Ferrell, yeah. And Will Ferrell. Yeah, and oh my gosh. Totally that's forgot the, about that. That's the worst crap. movies ever, right? But, yeah. like, Nicole Kidman's really good in that movie. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's such a waste because she's so perfect for that part and she does a really good job. And it's just the worst script of all time and it's terribly directed and all that. So, yeah. So, anyway. Russell Crowe kind of pulls a Nicole Kidman in Man of Steel. Um, yeah. <laughs> where he's perfect for the part, he plays it perfectly, and it's the movie's terrible. Just a huge yeah. waste of everyone's time. Uh, but, you know, he seems to be kind of back in full, like, early century uh, Russell Crowe form. So I'm excited for his performance. And, you know, we got, you know, we are our age, so we love Emma Watson. I'm excited to see her in something kind of on that scale. Yeah. That's not a Harry Potter movie. Uh, but the, the trailer was, I mean, look, it's, I don't think they're going to surprise us with any, any plot twist. I mean, we kind (laughs) of, we know what it's going to be, but yeah, I would say visually it looks very interesting. I mean, it looks like they've really expanded on the story and what, and what we, what we said, uh, or what we had heard was that the initial cut of this was quite long, right? Wasn't that a a story? I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like they're really going to go in depth with this, with this story. So, uh. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I love Aronofsky, though, so I'm sure yeah. it'll be in my wheelhouse. Yeah, Aronofsky is is at the helm here, who did, you know, uh, Requiem for a Dream, Black Swan, The Fountain, mm-hmm. uh, and That's other... The Wrestler. The Wrestler, yeah, of course. The Fountain is is really good. One, of, one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah. It's quite strong to quite strong. I would say, you know, even though it's maybe his most critically heralded movie, Black Swan might be my least favorite by him. Yeah, I. It's good. I, I, I think Requiem might be my least favorite. It's That's definitely the, probably the best movie he's done. But uh-huh. I can't. I've watched it maybe two times in my life. Yeah, it's, it's just the, I mean, not it's... one that I'm like, hey, I'm gonna sit down and crack a beer and watch Requiem. <laughs> yeah, <Dream." laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's just it's... so t- so rough to watch, but it's a masterpiece. It really yes. is, and it features Marlon Wayans. So I mean, that's yeah for a degree of difficulty. I mean, but it certainly is incredible that that Aronofsky pulled that performance out of. Portman though, I, yeah. I couldn't can't, couldn't stand Natalie Portman in ninety nine percent of her of her really? work. Really, I didn't know you. Were I, I just after Queen Amidala, 
Yeah, she's and, tough. And the, the, the pre Star Wars prequels, <laughs> uh, it just really ruined. You her can't for fault me. her though for that. And I, you, you really can't. But it's just the way she spoke throughout the, the robotic way she spoke. I, I just, it's hard for me to get that picture out yeah. of my mind. But man, Black Swan, holy crap, she's incredible in in that. What other stuff has Portman done that's good? Besides that, V for Vendetta, man. Oh, I guess. Horrible British accent by her in that movie. Oh, terrible. Uh, but good movie. Great movie. I feel like, you know what? She might be slightly overrated as an actress because, like, I can't. I, that's a, why I, I'm like. I think people just like award her as a winner, person. Natalie Portman, really? Like, that's a sentence now? It's crazy. Like her as a person. And she, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but she's pretty, pretty attractive. Oh, it certainly doesn't help. And She was and, terrible in Thor, The Dark World. The new one, like she's yeah, like there's she's no like, point in her being in it. It's just, uh. yeah. Not, that's not, just, and I don't like dislike Natalie as a. I mean, I'm sure she's great, but yeah. uh, I I say all that to say, man, Aronofsky's a great director, and just he is, just especially. wait until what he's going to get out of of the Crow, Watson, and the Crow, and Anthony Hopkins. Speaking of Thor, and Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Reunited who, with her beautiful I, mind. I guarantee you she will be the – you're going to leave saying, wow, Russell Crowe was great, but Jennifer Connelly was greater. You think so? This, I think so. I think it's about time. She's a great actress. She just hasn't done stuff yeah. since A Beautiful Mind really to cement herself to continue that sure. that reputation. But uh, that's a tough role, that the wife of Noah. Oh, sure. You know? I mean, and depending on if they go into the whole Cain and Abel situation, and it looks uh, like they're going to, looks yeah. like they're gonna... hopefully, because that's I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff to tell. So that's another question: is how are they going to tell this story? You know, which perspective is Aronofsky going to take? You know, it's a biblical story. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to take the? Uh, you know what? I don't know what Darren, Darren Aronofsky believes, so it's going to be interesting to see how he expresses his beliefs. Through, well, I mean, I think he's going to tell it honest. I mean, as it's written in the book. I mean, knows a story that has not a whole lot of secular interest to it. So, I mean, it would be hard to do a like secular version of Noah because it's it's almost sure. fa- fable-ish in how kind of clean that story is, right? You know, it's not like uh, there's no real other historical... Uh, points with it, so I think I think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to be like, well, this is the secular spin on the on the Noah story. Yeah, because but that yeah. that's tough to do. And I doubt he will. But I'm just I just am curious. Like the Passion of the Christ, for example. Uh, people who follow the Bible and stuff, they're like, man, that was pretty dang accurate to the Bible. You know? Oh, sure. I just don't want people to leave Noah and be like, man, that was just such a far cry from what I thought was written in the Bible, yeah. you know, I just hope it's a good, like you said, a literate interpretation with Arnofsky's spin yeah. on it. But, think- and guys be prepared, uh, listening audience. This is the, we're about to enter the, the era again of the biblical epic it is coming back in full force. This is just the beginning, this Noah movie, but over the next two or three years, we're going to see Ridley Scott's working on a movie right now with Christian Bale as Moses called Exodus, which is really coming out. Yeah. And there is, um, Spielberg has been eyeing a biblical, uh, movie about King David. So that might be coming out. Producer Steven and I want to make a Western spaghetti Western about Shamgar, the judge. (laughs) He's in judges. He has like a one sentence story. He just kills a bunch of people with an ox goad. And we want Samuel (laughs) Jackson to play it. He kills, Stephen and I don't steal this idea, but listeners, but uh, Shamgar is like he kills 700 Philistines with an ox goat, and we want it to be like a western. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson plays uh, uh, Shamgar, and uh, the Philistines are like a rival, like a gang that comes to town in the 1800s, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson has to whoop up on everybody with an ox goat, which is which is his gun. <laughs> Very Tarantino inspired, how, but uh, how um how have we not gotten a Samson movie with the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I know as Samson with long hair, and wouldn't that be an amazing third act? Just <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson going to town on an entire army with a, a ox jaw yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. an ass jaw. Maybe he'll get to that after. Uh, I can after. see Zack Snyder trying to do that. <laughs> 
Well, the thing is with these biblical stories, and this is uh, um, a terribly cynical way of looking at this, and I apologize. It, it, they're easy to make a lot of money, yeah, right? Because yeah. you have a, you have a built-in audience of, of. I mean, Pastor of the Christ made a ton of money because every sure. church small group brought thirty people to go see it seven times. Yeah, um, and so uh, you would think that this would be yeah if. if if there's precedent to make money, if Noah kills, then we're going to see pretty much every every possible Bible story brought to the screen. It'll be the new comic book. Oh, that's what I'm saying. It's already beginning to look that way. And weird, I, I think I had this conversation with with Brian last time you weren't on the show, and the the Exodus news broke. That's probably how you didn't how you hadn't heard the news. Uh, we talked about regardless of what you believe. You know, you believe in the Bible, you don't. You can't deny that they're great stories. You know, and they would. Oh make, yeah, they're they're they've lasted thousands of years sure. for a reason. Yeah, exactly. And it is about time that, with the technology, especially the way it is, uh, we got the Jesus movie. I don't think there'll ever be another Jesus movie quite like uh, The Passion. That's true. That is a, a if unique, there are, there won't be unique. about resurrection or or um, crucifixion. It'll be about his childhood or whatever. You know, I'm sure, but. Like, it, with technology the way it is, it's it's about time to tell these stories the way they're meant to be told, you know. And yeah. I'm excited. Hopefully, they make a David and Goliath movie because that's my favorite favorite story in the Bible, and I think that would make a great picture sure. if the right director. You need to read that new Gladwell David and Goliath book. I, dude, I've been tempted. I really have. You need to. I think you get a lot. I've only seen it at Barnes and Noble, and I'm not going to pay like forty bucks. Yeah. for Hardcover. <laughs> I'm going to order it. But have you read it? Is it good? I did read it. It's excellent. I mean, it, it's not literally only about David and Goliath. Uh, it's about a lot of modern did things. Did you read Every- Killing Jesus? The no, Bill O'Reilly? the Bill O'Reilly stuff. I haven't read any of those. I uh, I haven't, but uh, I've, I certainly see the appeal. They, they they sell like crazy, but there's the Lincoln and the Kennedy and then yeah, Jesus. Killing Lincoln. One wonders who's next, right? I mean, it's going to be killing, I don't know, Frank Zappa or somebody. I don't know <laughs> where you go. Killing um, Hendrix. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com. Dot com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. I guess that's a – we've been going a while here. I guess it's a pretty good segue to to talk about JFK and talk about Parkland. So let's do sure. it. President Kennedy is being rushed to Parkland Hospital. Got something. It's the president. He's coming in. He's probably got the flu. We do not know officially. It's had just a little piece. Doctor? Uh, who's the attendant? Right now, it is just you. Do something! It is the president. I know who it is.
Okay, so this is a, t- a touchy subject. I mean, we can sit here all day and debate uh, who we thought is behind the JFK assassination. And being from Dallas, there's, you hear stories all the time about, oh, my friend's parent knew this guy and you know things like that. And we can honestly make a case for both sides of conspiracy or non-conspiracy. Uh, so I guess we can try. I guess some of that will probably bleed out in this in this conversation. But please, yeah. uh, we'll try to tell it like it is. Um, give a little background of uh, the events that transpired. Richard, do you know anybody? I know you say you're, you've grown up here pretty much your whole life. Do you know anybody mm-hmm. that was there, alive at that time? That was around downtown <sighs> Dallas at that time? Um, no, I don't. I mean, I, I come. Um, uh, you know, my my mom's family is from um, Pennsylvania, and uh, to give an idea of my my sort of lineage, my my last name is Barden, as you know, but that's as with most people, my father's last name. My mother's name, uh, birth name was Marine Kellyanne O'Donnell, uh, very Irish family mm-hmm. in uh, Pennsylvania area. So this was their guy. You know, John F. Kennedy was uh, every good Irish Catholic's uh, thing. So I, I grew up with a large amount of Kennedy influence in my life um, because of my mother's family. They, she adored to this, to her dying day, uh, John F. Kennedy and uh, the entire Kennedy family. And so with that influence in my brain though, always going on in my brain, I, I know everything about Kennedy. It, it never really occurs to me that I live where he was assassinated. It's amazing. It, uh, I, I mean, we, I, I go to, I'm a Dallas stars diehard fan. I've had, we've had season tickets since 97 and I, I swear I've driven, uh, through Daily Plaza, you know, multiple times a week, sometimes yeah. on that exact same lane yeah. of the street that he was on, and it's it's surreal. You don't think about it. I mean, there's a giant X in the street where the exact mm-hmm. place was, but yeah, like I'll, I'll let you keep talking. But it no, is, you're it's, fine. It's, inc- it's incredible to be associated with such an, a large event. Abs- like absolutely, that. and it gets hammered home. I, I never think about it, right? I never. I mean, obviously, if you were to ask yeah. me, where was John F. Kennedy assassinated? I would be able to say Dallas. Um, it's not that I don't know it, but I mean, it's just it, being from here. It's not. I don't know. It's it's odd to me that anytime I tell someone from Dallas, you know, that's probably the first thing they think of when they think of the city where I'm from. And they often ask me about it and how like Super Bowls like, and murdering presidents. Yeah, that's pretty much Dallas. Yeah, exactly. As <laughs> as we would, as many here would probably like to be known. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, but uh, so so there's. You know, the, I get the uh, the cliche. You know, how often you go? How many times you've been to Dealey Plaza and uh, books, book depository jokes and things like that? And it's always kind of off putting. Like, oh yeah, that's that's where I live. It's just so not part of the culture here. Uh, it certainly is lately because of the 15th anniversary. I think people are talking about it more um, than than ever. But uh, it's really interesting to kind of put things. You know, oh yeah, I, I, I live there. I, I've been to Parkland Hospital. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, uh, I've been a patient at Parkland Hospital. We we show these things that come when you watch these movies. It's like wow, it really is kind of a surreal thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And crazy, this movie Parkland that we're that we're going to talk about, it centers around sort of Parkland Hospital. That's why it's called that. That was the hospital that that Kennedy was was taken to uh, immediately after uh, the accident. Or uh-huh. yeah, the event. The event. I think. I, I think of all the conspiracy. It wasn't theories, an accident. Yeah, yeah of all <laughs> the conspiracy that. theories, I think it, accident is not one of them. But I'd love no. to hear. I'd love to hear that argument. Well, that, when you think about tragedy in America, ninety-nine percent of the time, it's an. It's like oh, how yeah, did no, this happen? Know. You know, like yeah, sure. Um, horrible, horrible. So I, the first thing I noticed when when I booted this movie up, uh, it's, it was produced by the American Film Company, which right. I didn't do any research into them. I'm mm-hmm. guessing it's sort of a Smithsonian funded yeah, you know, that uh, was, film company. Do you know anything about that? I don't, and I can certainly do some research while we're sitting here. But that, that's actually a point I was going to bring up. It, this is uh, not a good movie at all. Yeah, uh, oh, dramatic, yeah. Dramatically, it's not good. But my critique of it was it really feels like you got a bunch of really good actors. You know, this has a pretty yeah. good cast. It's got Billy Bob Thornton and uh, the Efron and, and tons of people. And you had them star in a movie that would play at a museum as you walk by. <laughs> Doesn't it feel yeah. like one of the, at a museum you go into that little theater and you watch some like twenty minute 
dramatization of something. This is what yeah. that whole movie felt like to me, just with much better actors. But the writing and direction and everything was still exactly the same. It feels like some sort of propaganda of some kind. Not that it's really trying to make a point. It's just the production style is very um, like PBS. Sure, I, I agree. It's definitely not a big budget movie at, at all. And uh, of course the comparison you're going to make uh, talking about JFK type movies is JFK, Oliver mm-hmm. Stone's JFK, which you have seen and I have seen. And I guess we can compare compare the two. But the, the, two, the two ways you can go is, all right, you can do this little – this is probably a $5 million movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you can do this and tell you know, sort of this little story or you can – which I think is – it's, it, that's definitely one way to do it, but I think the mm-hmm. correct way to do it is go the Oliver Stone route. Make it a two and a half to three hour thing. Sure, you know, dig, go in, you know, look into every mouse hole of the case. You know, uh, open every folder that that was at the right. FBI. You know, and I think Stone got a lot of crap for that for making it more about the case than the events that occurred. Totally agree with his decision, though, in retrospect, because we got this movie. And if you want to see what happened, you know, this Parkland movie might be the best you're going to get, uh, really. I mean, it's uh, – what more can you – how much better could it be, honestly? You know, it's just such a – Zach Efron and Colin Hanks are the two main doctors. I mean, the only scenes they have is just them, their faces in shock and, you know, yelling medical lingo back and forth. I mean, there's – that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah nobody knew what the heck was going on the entire yeah, time. Absolutely. It's, Everyone's it, in shock. Every yeah. actor in this movie is playing somebody in shock. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Um, it's just a, fr- it's oh, a shame. I'm, I'm going to butt in here yeah. and say that the, uh, the American Film Company okay. is a film production company founded in 2008 by Joe Ricketts. Ricketts uh, previously founded Ameritrade, and with his family, he owns the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the American Film okay. Company founded on the belief that real life is often more compelling than fiction, and they produce feature films about true stories from American past. So it is a privately held company. Okay. They made the conspirator, pardon me, the conspirator, uh, which was that Robert Redford one with okay. uh, James McAvoy. Yeah. So they're 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 you know, and so I yeah the the also uh, it's funny not a that, great film by the way, not a very good film at all. Uh, and uh, Ricketts, I, I read about him. He actually had a lot of big parts in the uh, in the 08, or the last election. Uh, in oh, Chicago, okay. yeah, he's a okay. he's an interesting fella. But go ahead, I'm sorry. That's a that's no, that's to my point. But this is a movie where you're not going to get a lot of drama here. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just telling it like it is, really. And that's all I really expected from this. It's a short film. I mean, this is a ninety less, maybe less than ninety minutes long. And I think that's not not really good because you don't get enough out of these actors. I mean, if you're going to have freaking Paul Giamatti and Billy Bob Thornton mm-hmm. in a movie, give them more. St- Lines, yes. you know, there's script was not, it was good in telling, you know, and telling a timeline of the events, uh, didn't, didn't really get much acting in this movie. Like I wanted, um, the, probably the best acting scene is the scene between, uh, Jackie Weaver, um, Oswald's mom and Oswald's brother when they're like, they just get to the police station and they have sort of a back and forth, uh, about, about Oswald. So there are some decent moments uh, for acting in here, right? And and decent decent choices by the director. I will give him a little bit of credit. This is like one of his first movies ever. He wrote it and directed it. So, and it was an adapted screenplay. It was based on a book. So, mm-hmm. pretty o- overwhelming uh, uh, project here. So there were a few things I did enjoy. I liked how they sh- showed the assassination. It was basically just a camera pointed at Paul Giamatti, and him, you just watching him watch the assassination. They don't, sh- you know, like in JFK, he got Stone got a criticism a lot for showing the raw Zapruder footage yeah. multiple times up close, slow mo, and everything in between. And that's tough, man. And the yeah. way they did it here is they show the people watching the Zapruder film, and that's mm-hmm. all you see. So you get the emotion from them. And I liked the stuff with, um, Zapruder. I mean, I like the whole. This movie could have been called Zapruder. Yeah, and would have been interesting. I think it's a really interesting story. Definitely a good choice for Giamatti to play Abraham Zapruder. Um, we'll talk more about Giamatti next week 
when we when we talk twelve years a slave. But I really like Paul Giamatti. He he always sort of brings it here. I mean, oh, there were totally. a few moments where you could tell he was really trying to make something out of this movie, which I appreciate because it's not he didn't it's have not awful. That. It just is kind yeah. of a meandering. It's a very red box movie. Yeah, uh, and that's where, ironically, that's where we watched it. But it's a very like, all right, we actually watched it at the Redbox. Yeah, we stood there. You can actually hit a play button, and, and it really, it <laughs> that's makes the next the, step. Yeah, it makes people behind you really upset. But you know, whatever, we had to watch it. But I mean, it's just a very um, yeah. simple film. I mean, it wouldn't yes. surprise me if it was a PBS production. You know, exactly. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like American Masters. It feels like a t- made-for-TV movie. You know, yeah. it really, it really does. But we did get to see Efron in a serious role. Uh, pretty, pretty cool moment. Uh, and I think he shined where I, when they brought the president in to the hospital. Yeah. And he turns around and realizes he's the only doctor in the room. <laughs> and there's the president. Pretty yeah. good stuff from Efron. You, you can see he's maturing a little bit. So uh, I liked that. Um, I thought there was a lot, a little too much. Uh, with the Secret Service, FBI. I like Ron yeah. Livingston a lot. Uh, yeah, where's but I think I, I don't know. He's been doing stuff. He really has been I wanna know where where doing stuff. where he's been and where Oliver Platt has been. <laughs> right. It's been a while, hasn't it? It definitely has been a while. But since, have, mouse, since Mousetrap. Yeah. Classic. We need to do our mousetrap episode. That's <laughs> We've been getting requests. Oh, it's coming. It's yeah. Talk about a 200th episode. Or 100th episode. But there's episode. a lot of, a lot of interesting... I mean, this is definitely not an A-plus movie, okay? This is a B to a B-minus. A B it's not a great... There are definitely better movies about the JFK situation mm-hmm. that you could you could watch. But there are cool little moments like uh, they don't talk about much. Um, you don't hear about much. I guess them trying to get a casket on Air Force One. Yeah. But that was a pretty interesting little Yeah, it's, it's scene. like... It's a it's a movie about the logistics of the JFK assassination. Sure, and it was and basically yeah, it's the panic going on around it. Like yeah, it the, places the you there. Parkland, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, there's some value to it on that front. I mean, that's that's something that I guess original. It's original I guess idea. Histo- yeah, historically, it doesn't create quite the drama that one would want when watching a movie. Sure. It feels like a, a a really like I said a, a good piece of museum cinema. This is a great movie. And shout out to Scotty Thanum, the sports guy. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a great movie to show like your history class. Yes. You know, it's it'll tell it like it is. It's not too... No, it's not political. It's not too political, it. not too emotional. Like kids aren't going to be bawling their eyes out watching this Pruder footage uh, in here. But it, do, it, does, it does tell a good timeline of the events. And I, I, appreciated, I appreciated that. Um, nice little sighting from Jackie Earl Haley, the priest... Mm-hmm. I always enjoy his work he, as he was Rorschach and Watchmen and Freddy Krueger and the new Krueger reboot and some other stuff. Uh, great actor. Good to see him always. Uh, Ron Livingston, like I said, good to see him. Love Office Space and some of his other work. He's, he's Billy classic. Bob, too. I haven't seen Billy Bob Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, man. Such a shame. I wish I wish he had would have had a bigger role in this. Yeah. Because he's great and – why have Billy Bob freaking Thornton in your movie if you're going to give him four lines? Like, I just don't get it. Like, hire some random dude with gray hair, and it's the same thing. Like, yep. it just – maybe – maybe, and I don't – I think Billy Bob's from Austin. I'm not sure. But I think Ron Livingston's Billy from Billy Bob's Dallas. from Arkansas. Is he? Okay. Yeah, I mean, he lives I, in Texas now, I believe, but he's originally an Arkansas guy. I thought he had a Dallas connection, but I guess not. But I, think, I mean – Yeah, I don't, I don't maybe know. It's, maybe it's uh, a lot of these guys – Involved, just like man, I'd really like to be involved in something sure. for JFK's fiftieth. You know, I want to give back somehow, and I I appreciate them for for adding some star quality to this movie. Absolutely, uh, and there's it's it's certainly um, yeah. All the all the performances are 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 very professionally well done. There's nothing really ham handed or anything at at all. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's a very professionally made movie. I, I would watch it in the movie by this director. It's just. It's, it really just kind of lacks any – it's not – you know, I wasn't like excited at any point watching this. Yeah. It's not a good and, movie in the classic sense of a movie. Sure. Yeah, it tells the events, but Oliver Stone's movie is a great movie. I mean it – Yeah. The acting in that is awesome. Tommy Lee yeah. Jones is incredible. 
Uh, Kevin Costner, of course, is great. Uh, Wayne Knight, random, random Wayne yeah. Knight from Newman from Seinfeld yeah. is randomly in. JFK. Hello, Jerry. Yeah. Um, Gary Oldman as Oswald is awesome mm-hmm. in JFK. I mean, that's a good. It's become sort of a punchline now with how much Oliver Stone has tried to capitalize yeah. on politics and 9/11 and other things. But uh, JFK is a, a dang good movie. Yeah, I have no problem saying that. That's the uh, best. But the era of Stone, that and the Doors, kind of back to oh, that. Oh yeah, totally. I totally agree. Uh, so yeah, there were there were cool aspects here. Um, the thing I really felt like they were trying to get across is how every person involved, um, any anybody that witnessed it, was trying to blame themselves here. You know, no mm-hmm. one knew why this happened. How what they could have done to prevent it, you know, and I, I, that's definitely the thesis of this movie is just the emotional toll that this small group of people that were directly involved with this insane event, uh, went through, you know, uh, with Ron Livingston's character, Billy Bob's character, Zapruder himself, you know, uh, the Oswald's parents and, uh, the secret service agents themselves who, uh, you know, took Kennedy back to Washington and, and mm-hmm. things. They had failed. They felt like so. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's, it's a commendable, commendable effort here from the director and the cast and and everyone. But I'm going to suggest if you want to see a movie about this, see JFK. If you haven't seen it, it mm-hmm. see that first. See this kind of for the just the more uh, background stories because they don't really go too much into the investigation with Oswald here, like they do in JFK. Which is so interesting. It's just an incredible yes, narrative on its own with the mob and, and all the rumors going on about that. So the, the best moment in the movie, and I'll leave it at this before we give our grades. Um, I really liked how they addressed the LBJ taking over for President yes. Kennedy situation. That's probably the best moment of the movie where one of the Secret Service guys turns around to another one and says – We've got to get the president out of here. We have to stick with LBJ, the current president. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they point over to, or they look over at Jackie and say, she's not related to the uh, commander in chief anymore yeah. or something. Uh, she's not the first lady anymore. Uh, or, or She's not even related to, him, yeah. to the president. And that's just a crazy realization. Like, holy crap, no, they, two hours ago. And they said it at the end. I, I don't remember who the um, reporter was. It, they took some archival footage, which mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that too. Who the reporter was. It says two hours ago or an hour ago, Kennedy was a great, you know, the leader of a nation. And just in a few short seconds, how something can change mm-hmm. the course of history. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, we'll probably not, we probably won't do a, a World Trade Center episode uh, because the 10 years have already passed for that. Maybe 20 years. So we'll, if we're still doing this podcast, we'll talk about 9-11. But, I mean, it's just crazy to think about these events that shape our lives and the the circumstances around them. Like, you know, the Bin Laden killing was the only – probably the, the only event that's taken place in the Twitter era, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just how how the response to that this was instantaneous. And yeah, absolutely. Just, you saw it unfolding before your eyes. I mean, the, the 60s were an era where – People watch their TVs and that's all they had, you know. So everyone's learning together. And it's just amazing uh, how these historical events, you know, change with technology and with sure. media. Absolutely. I mean, I think the, them and- the Bin Laden killing uh, that mission, I think was it, – it, certainly Twitter was, was out there and big. But it, it's the event that really legitimized Twitter. It's yeah. something you always talk about like, you know, when you're talking to an old person, they're like, why do you get on Twitter? Why does everyone want to know – um, you know, what you had for breakfast, you know, they always use that same, like people don't care what you're eating or, you know, that, that kind of trope of, of people, you know, the, the easiest way to sort of fight that is say, well, you know, when Bin Laden killed everyone, uh, could immediately, was killed everyone immediately could know. And they were talking about, it was this kind of active discussion online and everyone kind of celebrated on Twitter that night and, uh, in kind of this oddly kind of beautiful way, you know, a cathartic sure. experience for the nation. You hate saying that, uh, the death of anybody is hard to celebrate. Um, but, uh, so I think 
you know that, that those events can can really hammer home other other cultural things. You know, this is news footage with this JFK of if we still. You know, you and I were not even alive when this happened, but you know that's the announcement the the Cronkite announcement of of the president has been shot is is one of those like defining American. Uh, you know, Mer- Americanisms, I suppose. And, uh, and, you know, there will always be movies about these things. You know, the, 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 the true story is oftentimes more interesting. I just don't know if necessarily this story required the detailed retelling that, that it was given, but it was, it was certainly fine and well-made and ha- had some value. Yeah, no, totally. And it's, I- I'll put on the books, I'll put on the record. I think that, you know, pr- the, um, the Warren Commission closed a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a believer in conspiracy. I don't think you I, are. I know, I know that 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 Oswald was involved. His fingerprints are on the rifle. There's no doubt about that. I don't think he acted alone. No, that's a totally different thing. And I think, probably never. Well, you've got the Jackie O time capsule that's supposed to come out at some point. That oh, yeah. a lot of people believe has a lot of information in it that she wanted to. I think it's like 25 years after her death or something. I don't. I don't know. You can look that and that. There's, you know, these are things that will be discussed, uh, you know, for forever. So, uh, um, yeah, ex- exactly. Oh. And it's just crazy going down there. If you ever visit Dallas, I suggest going down to Dealey Plaza. Just oh, go absolutely. To, go to the Sixth Floor Museum. They've got a, a museum set up, a gift shop. Not. I mean, it's weird to buy gifts, but they have souvenirs. Uh, to commemorate, you know, you being there, you can go, you can see the exact place you were. You could stand where Zapruder was. The original fence is still there. Um, that supposedly there was a shooter behind, um, the original fence, people wrote on it, you know, there that, you know, Oswald to Patsy and all this stuff. And there's, it's just an interesting place to go if you're ever, ever in Dallas. So I suggest doing that. But, uh, so my grade for this is going to be a B minus maybe, like it mm-hmm. just wasn't bad because it, it was fine. It was just felt like I said, it felt like a movie I would watch in history class in high school, not like a movie I would go right. to a movie, buy popcorn sure. and, and watch, you know? So, uh, you're great. I would say C, C plus. Okay. I'm not totally angry. I saw it. I'm glad no, I saw either. it actually. Glad I saw it, especially this time of year. Like I reiterated before, uh, we're not going to get, we don't ever, try to get too political on this podcast. Uh, there are very few moments where we get a chance to kind of be serious while also doing a movie review. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was one of them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, C Parkland, C JFK. If you, if you feel in your heart that you want to sort of revisit this, this, uh, event and, um, yeah, thanks for, for checking out this episode. I know if you've listened to this far, you're obviously interested in what we do and, in the event. So yeah, God bless America. God bless movies and a uh, cool experience that we can talk about this event through a movie, you know, very, very much so. Very cool. Through the internet. Amazing. Mind blowing. Awesome. Powers of the internet. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's do weekly recommends. Sure. Weekly recommends. I'm going to give a recommend. Richard, you're going to like this one. I know. And I thought of you when I, when I decided to recommend this. Mm. Uh, Bob Dylan. I don't know right. if you've seen this. He's sort of in the news this week. He released, I think he's coming out with like a vinyl album uh, collection, maybe like all his albums on vinyl in one box set or something. Very cool. Something crazy like that. I got to get, uh, you know, I got to get self portrait and slow train come and all the really good stuff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Classic Bart. The, 80, the 80s Dylan collection. That's where the real, that's where the real action is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The late '80s Dylan, yeah, or probably the, all of Dylan's electric stuff is what I prefer. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. No, there's so much good though. Go ahead, continue. Uh, but so Bob Dylan, man, hats off to his marketing people, whoever's behind this. If you go to BobDylan.com, I believe it is. Let me make sure before I. Um, BobDylan.com. Uh, there's this. Yeah, it is. So you go to BobDylan.com. There's a mm. Like a Rolling Stone interactive video cool. that uh, has been put together. It's freaking amazing. So basically okay. the idea for this video is you click on it, and it's like a TV guide like you would see on your mm-hmm. on your TV set. 
Uh, so Bob, the Bob Dylan song "Like a Rolling Stone" starts playing, and as you flip the channels, each channel is singing along to "Like a Rolling Stone," but in real time. Very cool. And you can change the channels at your own will. Uh, so you can sort of make your own music video with footage from these shows on this guide. And one of the channels is the Dylan music video for "Like a Rolling Stone," so you mm-hmm. can watch that a little bit if you want to. But I mean, the people that got involved is amazing. Like Pawn Stars are on it. Like you flip the channel to Pawn Stars, and they're, uh, you know, that's great. Just reviewing a guitar, but their lips are moving to the lyrics of Like Rolling Stone. Uh, amazing idea, coming from somebody that's who's so in a cool. band and did this <laughs> marketing music for a living yeah. for a couple of years. In- incredible idea, incredibly cool video, interactive music video. If you're a Dylan classic rock fan, or if you just like cool, awesome videos. Check this out, man. Oh, there's even like ba- a Bachelor parody. Yeah, there's like parodies of a weather report, and oh, there's a ESPN, that, like right Steve now. Levy's in it. Uh, that's so great. It's incredible. Uh, so check it out. I'll link it on madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Just click Weekly Recommends and go to the link. I don't know how long it'll be up, but definitely check it out while it's up. It's that's so my, cool. Thanks for the share. It's one of the, my favorite things I think he's ever done in, in yeah, his career. It's, yeah. it's incredible. And it's worth multiple watches because you can change it up every time. And uh, really cool stuff. So check that out. Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone, uh, on his website. So Richard, I uh, just finished a uh, a great little book over the weekend. Um, Nick Offerman. Yes. Bro, man. Speaking of, I said yeah. I was going to buy you a Christmas present with Colin Coward's book. Yeah. Uh, off the air. I was literally going to buy this for you for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I knew you would be crazy about this Nick Offerman. It's awesome. End. What's it called again? Paddle Your Own uh, Canoe? Paddle Your Own Canoe. Yes. Uh, uh, one Man's Fundamentals for Delicious Living. It, it incorporates, obviously, a lot of his like woodworking um, prowess. He's a, he's a, I would say, quite a linguist. He's very interested in words. He has a very unique way of, of writing and, and is certainly a life philosophy of uh, – a very interesting life of someone that uh, is very driven – but also very artistic, and uh, you know we know him as Ron Swanson, but he's an incredibly eclectic human being, a really unique human being. I like these kind of celebrities that have uh, a lot of odd. I like weird celebrities. I like you know people like Nick Offerman and like Penn Jillette and people like that that are sort of yes interesting <laughs> human beings on the outside of being celebrities. I I, uh, I I like those kind of people. So uh, Paddle Your Own Canoe, Nick Offerman, couldn't recommend it higher. Great book, great writer, really really good writer, not just like celebrity good writer. Uh, highly literate uh, writer. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Definitely. I definitely am going to. Yeah, uh, you'll like I'm it. glad I got your recommend. Uh, I, I literally almost bought this for you yesterday. Crazy. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to text you because I knew if I asked you about it, you would know I was either going to buy it for you or yeah. something. So, well, you're very uh, sweet. It's a thought that counts. You're, you're a sweetheart. Oh, man, it's impossible to buy you a book because you have every book. You've read every I am, book. I haven't read every book, but I, I – I'm getting there. Have you, the Johnny Carson biography that just came out. Yeah, that one's cool. That's uh, I haven't read it yet, but it's uh, that's actually so. Johnny didn't have a uh, an agent or a manager or anything. He just had a lawyer that was kind of like his fixer, mm-hmm. and it's actually that guy wrote it. Oh, so cool. um, he was with Johnny from back when Tonight Show was on, in New York. So we're talking mid to late '60s. I think he was with him up till '88. So he didn't. Johnny retired in '92, so he didn't quite make it to retirement. But you know, you got a good twenty something years of. Of Johnny's stories, and you know, you know me, I'll, I'll eat that up. But yeah, that's certainly try to get to that before the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I love that. Yeah, I knew you. I know you'll read it. So definitely, don't buy I'm gonna. It. I'll buy I'm it gonna. Free. I'm gonna. No, you have to do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on my Johnny Carson biopic. Um, so you know, we got to get that done. How's that not been done? There really no, it really is happening. Oh, is it really? Um, let me let me just type this in the. Um, I don't know if they're doing a biopic. Or here it is. NBC is developing a mini series. That's what it okay. is. Okay. Uh, about about Carson. So they said person. Um, John Slattery, perfect casting. Oh, he's playing. So it's gonna no, be no. This is like a fake. Uh, uh, okay. Of who could play play the people? Uh, Dane. De- it says Dane DeHaan as young Johnny, who I already yeah. mentioned earlier, and That's odd, John yeah. Slattery as old Johnny. <laughs> that could That's be great. cool. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, but Richard, let me ask you this: Where can I find you online? 
You can find me at richardbarden.com or follow me on Twitter at richardbarden. Kent, where might I find you? You can find me online and Twitter at Kent Garrison, uh, K-E-N-T-G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. You can find our comrade Brian Gill, who's normally on this show, at on Twitter at bgill12. And I just want to say again, you can find all our episodes at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and take advantage of that new search function uh, that we added. So just go to the top and search for your favorite episode. You don't have to scroll through a bunch of pages and and find all that. So um, anything else you want to mention, Richard, before we get out of here? Get better, Brian. Just apply the cream and uh, you'll be you'll be better in, in no time. Exactly. And uh, welcome to the Texas Rangers. Prince Fielder. Yeah. And goodbye, Ian Kinsler. See you, Kinsler. It is official. Hold on. I'm going to go through every big hit in Ian Kinsler's history. Okay, I'm done. And Detroit fans, just be prepared for a lot of pop-outs, especially in games that count. <laughs> yeah. And I know they could say that about Prince Fielder, but... Uh, At least it's different. Yeah. No, I wish Ian the best. Seems like a cool guy. Uh, I'm just glad we're going to get Profar finally at second base. Yes. So, uh, and on that note... Until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye, see ya! Goodbye. Once upon a time, you dressed so fine, threw the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you... People call, say beware, doll, you're bound to fall, you thought they were all. I'm kidding you!